0: The Construction Employers Podcast, your connection to what's happening in the Northeast Ohio construction industry, brought to you by the Construction Employers Association.
1: I saw a good one-liner this morning. It said, If a genie granted us immortality, we'd spend 75 years playing our favorite video games and watching Netflix. I think that's a great quote for this uh, stay-at-home situation we find ourselves in. Today I was able to interview CEA Hall of Famer Andy Natale just to check in with him, see how he's doing, and hear his thoughts on any kind of change in perspective, what is important for contractors to be thinking about and doing during the next month and during the next year. Without further ado, I give you Andy Natale. Hi Tim. Good morning, Andy. How are you?
0: I'm great. Um, doing actually very good. Um, Missy and I have been down in South Carolina.
1: Basically. Oh, good.
0: So I had my peg tube reinstalled. Mm-hmm. I my seeding tube, they you know, called peg tube, put back in right at the beginning of March. Not because I needed to eat. Clearly, I'm not missing meals, <laughs> <laughs> but to vent my abdomen, to try to get some of the air out of my abdomen, because my diaphragms don't move it correctly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I tend to, when I'm on my ventilator at night, I tend to take a lot of air into my abdomen that I just can't get out, and... uh mm. So they put it in there. I, I told my brother, you know, I have this problem. I got to see the doctor. And of course, my brother's in construction. He tells me, Andy, you need a stem valve. I can do that for you. So, I, <laughs> so he has really to in mind. I told you before, he says he could do anything because he watches it on Discovery Channel. <laughs> and sure as shit, I go into the doctor with my brother. And what does the doctor say? Basically, we have to put a valve in so we can let some air out like a tire. <laughs> My brother looked at me and said, see yeah, how much time we could have saved? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but right after that, Missy, because that was right in the beginning of March, yeah. and that was a effective surgery, so shit hadn't started. Right after that, everything starts to heat up, and we came down to South Carolina because we just planned on coming down here for a week or so,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we've been down here ever since.
1: Wow. And, and is it's everything... been
0: a because the weather is perfect.
1: Oh, yeah, that's great. Well, we got snow yesterday, so I'm sure you didn't miss out on that.
0: I did not miss one bit of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I appreciate you being on with me. I don't intend to take up much of your time, but um, I think this is a good way to just kind of touch base with you and and touch base with our members at the same time. We've been doing our Wednesday webinars uh, from CEA. Just we've getting getting about sixty five people at those, and sometimes a Friday webinar. But one thing that this um, stay at home situation doesn't allow is much conversation, especially not in a small group. I know we're not a small group; we're 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 just two guys. But um, you know, conversation is lacking, and I think that's people are missing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so you're down in South Carolina. What is your sense of how the stay at home order has impacted the office?
0: Clearly the one thing that we're seeing is people lose connection. And my view has always been that personal discussion and conversation and meeting with people far more productive than just electronic exchanges. Right. I've never been a fan of that, and unfortunately, I think what we're seeing through this process is solidifying the concept that business can be conducted just electronically, and that face-to-face meeting, that personal type of of approach, it right. is not necessary. Many people are making a really big effort to change it up and do it differently. Uh, the use of video conferencing and things like that. But when it's all said and done, it's, it's not the same of being with people in a room, mm-hmm. sitting down, talking, vetting out ideas, sharing stories. And that is something that's going to take us a long time to recover from.
1: Right. Well, if it could all be done with emails and documents, we could just program a, a bot to do it for us. Right. That's I don't...
0: exactly correct.
1: Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think once we're allowed to be with each other, I I don't think it's going to take long for our industry to get back together. I think we're a pretty hearty relationship driven industry, and I think we're going to get back to it.
0: I agree with that. I I really agree with that, especially in the Northeast Ohio area. The nature of the relationships, as we have always seen, and it's so inspiring, is the family dynamic of the companies that are family owned, that have transferred in generations, they've been taught that way. They know that way. They know the success of that. Right. They have built cultures that are based on that. Even the national competition that's in in our area, they all operate the same way. They take great pride in their teams and in building their teams and investing in their workforce. And they know the benefit of that. Because sure. People aren't fungible. And, Because that's ingrained in our construction community, and I really do believe that, I believe that it's a a completely different, hardwired approach to how you treat people and how you conduct business. I believe that this industry, more than any, is going to be one that can adapt and come back to what we know works and works well, and treats people the right way. Right,
1: right. Right. Yeah, that's ingrained in Cleveland, uh, Northeast Ohio contracting community is to value your people. We're not we're not all fungible. We're not statistics. We're we're family.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that investment in people, that investment that has taken place in uh, developing minority businesses and helping people that have experienced hardship, it's going to continue. Because everybody understands that's the right approach, mm-hmm. the way, right way to do things. And in the end of the day, it pays significant dividends to the owners of the business. It, it pays significant dividends to the industry and to the community. And that, because of that, and because people really, the construction community, they're committed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking forward to that because I think that will be a bright shining light. There will be something to really showcase.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, so you're in a unique circumstance because because of your health issue that you you experienced a few years ago and still have still deal with. You've kind of had a a life reset, a, a perspective shaping event in your life in the last few years, but, but has this stay at home situation altered your view on life or or your perspective on family or work?
0: Well, I'll start by saying you can't take the love out of my heart. And I've always said I'm blessed to be surrounded by great people, great love every day. I have always believed and I always see there's not a day that goes by where I don't look and see that somebody has it a lot worse than me. And to be honest, I unfortunately find myself watching a little bit too much of the news. Mm. But what is just heartbreaking is how individuals are struggling. And I watch these lines at food shelters. And it's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking. It's devastating to look at. And you realize I have health issues, but I don't have that problem. And yeah. those are areas where I know and my family foundation knows we can help and we have been blessed to be able to reach out and help and we'll continue to do that. For ALS patients, generally, any respiratory disease, uh, any respiratory infection is typically fatal. Mm. It, it, it doesn't, the disease with respiratory impact Many people that are affected by ALS are on respirators and respirator support. I breathe and I talk with a diaphragmatic pacer, My diaphragms are paralyzed. Um, and the device that I use has worked exceptionally well. I'm told that I'm in the top one, 100th of 1% probably in the world uh, that wow. are benefiting from the device as long as I have. And I... I look at it as God's grace. So for me to be isolated, to be working from home, I've had to do that for three and a half years, more or less, Mm -hmm. because of my restricted ability to move and to do things. And I get out and meet with people, but it was a little easier for Missy and I to separate ourselves and stay separated uh, while others, you know, are, it's, I'm sure a real eye opener for them. I know I talked to my mother who's isolated in her home and she's used to being out and talking to people and going to church. It's an amazing change. And the difficulty is nobody really knows when, when is it going to back to where we can get together. You can hug your kids, your grandkids sit at a table and do the types of things that really make life meaningful. Right.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to ask you a couple of questions that are more um, legal in nature or advisory in nature. And that is what is the most important thing contractors should be doing in the next month? We're, We're sitting here April 23rd, 2020. What's the most important thing they should be doing in the next month? And then as you look out for the next year, What can they, what should they be doing in light of what we've experienced and learned?
0: I think there's several areas that are at that 30 day to 60 day mark for sure. And they're the same things that generally are going to be driving the construction related decisions over the next year. So when we talk about the short term, they're really the things that matter and are going to drive opportunity in the long term. And Mm. I've identified them as being good qualifications. One of the things that contractors really look at is making sure that they qualify based on their safety ratings, which they've invested so much time in training and identifying risks on a construction project. Our construction community has invested huge in that. CEA has been behind these companies and helped them to become qualified contractors, even with the most restrictive safety requirements, whether it's oil and gas or industrial. So the TRIR and the DART risks that are out there that companies monitor and that are so important with what's happening with COVID and with OSHA's recent announcements of risks where you can get tagged with lost time uh, injuries. And these are things that an individual can get infected, wholly unrelated to being involved in day-to-day work. They can get infected and come in and unfortunately uh, contaminate others. And that risk is significant. So focusing on the protocol for verifying the social distancing and doing the types of things here in the next 30 days and over the next several months, because even when we reopen it, 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 it shouldn't change. There's too much unknown and there's too much risk. And candidly, it's alarming to sit in here and see it's not enough, or this might not be enough, or it could transmit this way as well. And you just don't know it. Um, The second area relates to what we all understand is crucial for any business, which is your surety and your lending relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, That market's going to tighten, it has to tighten. As a result of that, people need to be very proactive with the business relationships, those trusted type relationships on your surety line, on your bank lines, to evaluate what is likely going to happen so that there's no surprise, but also there's no surprise on the other side. Because it's likely that there's going to be some tripping on some covenants or alternatively some cash flow based on certain of the money that's come in, how you've got to report that, even if it might be forgivable. All those things need to be evaluated and considered. And there's a lot of other things that go into it, including who are you going to get back on your workforce once you're ready to gear back up? Mm -hmm. Obviously, companies have worked with great groups of people that they know their productions, they know what they can achieve, and things are changing. So uh, we have that problem as well as the problem of as people come through this and the sicknesses and people reevaluating their life decisions that they have been closer to retirement, you know, whether they're going to do a little something different than come back full time. Right. The market was squeezed for in the first place, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, but that surety relationship and that lending relationship, that's a 30 day, that's a 60 day, that's a year and a year and a half out. Um, the contract reviews are also a major area, Tim, because there's a lot of things that people are putting into contracts now, which relates to the whole concept of transferring the risk of what if and uh, how. And those are material shortages in supply chains. Those are the inability to take advantage, potentially, of what is great fuel savings right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of the issues that come up, I, I call it more or less what would be the force majeure type of and analysis, that fiasco. But there's a lot of different issues that come into play in terms of what qualifications need to be going into pricing and, and into contract terms and reviewing and understanding those terms, upstream and downstream. And that's something that while people are here Idled, that should be things that they're considering and, and developing. I know many are, but that requires right. substantial focus. And uh, you're also looking, I believe, at a very need for a very renewed focus on prequalifications, vendors, subtrades, contractors at all tiers uh, because of working capital. There is no question that we have substantial impacts to working capital. Just like what we saw coming through 2008, nine, and 10, uh, where people, once they start gearing up, are going to uh, need to be in a position where they have to evaluate what risks they're willing to take and transfer with individuals that are project participants because we don't know the depth of harm that has happened financially to people. So to be able to focus on that yourself and as well focus on what we want to look at and how we want to interact with our, our project participants to evaluate their capacity and their ability to perform without, without risking that default risk mm-hmm. and the risks associated with downstream payments.
1: Right. Yeah. It makes sense. If, if a person or a company has depleted itself during this cycle, that's a, that's a risk you have to plan for.
0: Correct. And it could be, that as they start back up, based on the capital needs, based on the ability to get money flowing again into the system, based on owner lender requirements and uh, what restrictions or banks put in place, there could be a delay in terms of seeing cash start to flow. I mean, it's basically you turn the switch on, but it doesn't mean you've got cash in 30 days. Right. So, Funding payroll and funding pension and and funding your material and equipment acquisition. Uh, that's a lot of. That's a lot of of cash requirement. We normally would see that in our industry up north, where certain companies go through an idled or a slower production and revenue cycle in the winters and late fall. Right, but it's never. Shut down. Now, of course, many of our businesses—they're not shut down; they're still able to work. But we know that many owners have put their programs on hold. We see the lettings declining, even in the ODOT market and the county markets. Um, the ODOT market being heavily impacted, one can foresee mm-hmm. just from the losses in gas tax.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: So it, it's going to take some time. Once everything gears up, even though it's going to go full bore when you get global subject to whatever your production throttles are based on spacing and everything else, uh, it's going to take the ability to carry that working capital 60, 90 days before you see significant cash coming in. So that would be another area of focus is to determine how do we fund that? Uh, what do we need to do as it relates to Projects that we can get, what can we put in place to ensure that we're going to be able to draw cash quicker and focus on all those things in terms of big qualifications and assumptions and clarifications in GMP documents and those types of things. Our business community is outstanding at looking at that, but what they have to do is they have to be measured in terms of the jobs that they're going to pursue, knowing. We got to get revenue back through the doors. Right. You've got to balance that and be prepared for, you know, sometimes it's better not to take on all the work if we need to get our feet back under us and avoid putting ourselves in a position where we put our covenants and other things in jeopardy.
1: Sure. Makes sense. Well, that's great stuff. And I, um, Again, I don't want to take up all of your day, but I sure appreciate you getting on the line with me and uh, just chatting a little bit. And how can people get a hold of you or who should they call if they want to talk about this further with you?
0: Well, the Con Lozier construction team and the business team has been very heavily focused on all of these issues all the time, particularly with the COVID. So Con Lozier and Parks, Rob Remington, Aaron Evanchek, uh, can be reached at their email addresses and their phone numbers. Uh, the 216-274-2550 general line will get you in and get you transferred. But also they could always call me on my cell phone. I invite that all the time at 216 right. 9156 And my email is a Natalie, N A T A L E, at honlaw.com.
1: Well, thanks again, Andy, and take care of yourself. I look forward to seeing you, hopefully, sometime soon.
0: God bless you all. Uh, Everybody's in my prayers. They really are. Thank you, Tim.
1: All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening. To find more information about the discussion in this or prior episodes, be sure to check the episode notes section in your podcast app. Get notified and automatically download the latest episode by subscribing to the Construction Employers Podcast in the iTunes Store or in Google Play. This podcast is brought to you by the Construction Employers Association. Find us on the web at www.ceacisp.org.